0: The episode you are about to hear contains explicit words. The opinions within are those of the hosts and in no way imply that anyone listening to this podcast
1: agrees with anything we say. Please send complaints to thisflippinpodcast at gmail.com. I'm recording. Hey, my levels are like super high. I'll keep my microphone a little closer here. I'm going to turn off my video because I'm actually. I
0: just turned mine off as well.
1: But I am wearing sunglasses. I saw that. You can see the, sun, you can see the bright, the bright sun. You can't see my wife, but she's staring at me. I I can <laughs> see her. She's working outside. It's really beautiful today. Yeah, it's gorgeous up here too.
0: We just had the uh, the dog out. Her play for the neighbor dog for a bit, and uh, I'm entering some league scores
1: and ready to talk some pinball. Nice, man! All right, um, I actually know what episode
0: this is, I do too. Uh, I started listening to yours yesterday. Um, all right, man, let's do it. All right, so uh, you're listening to this flipping podcast. I'm Tommy Skinner with my friend and co host Taylor Reese. This is episode 112. We got all sorts of new pinball to talk about. And uh, I don't know what else we're going to talk about, but it's our show. And if you're still listening at this point, you realize we never know. We just keep doing it. So, what's up, man? Not much, man. I'm
1: uh, kids are wrapping up school. So, summer's starting um, officially today. Ella will finish. She's got like a half day. So, we will officially be in summer, which is great. Um, We have a couple like small trips planned this summer so looking forward to that and yeah so i'm good um obviously just released an episode with rachel bess of electro back arcade which was amazing um she's just an extremely talented human being so that was uh very cool to have her on the show uh yeah she 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 was amazing so um that, that was cool. Like, that was, you know, that was great to have happen. And, um, yeah, so that's where I am. I'm out on the uh, back deck. It's a beautiful day in central Virginia, and I stayed up too late playing pinball and chatting with people across the globe about pinball. So
0: Nice. What were you doing that
1: on? Um, I, got a, um, I got a message from John Cosson. Um, a nice message. He just said, you know, it was nice to hear me back on the podcast and was, he either enjoyed or was enjoying the episode with Rachel. And so he reached out and I asked him about Haggis Pinball because I know he has their first game and he uh, shot me like a FaceTime. So we started FaceTiming at around 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I was in the middle of playing Avengers and um, yeah, so I, yeah, so John and I chatted, uh, talked about what was happening in Australia, talked about Haggis Pinball. He kind of gave me like a little video tour of his game, which was cool. Um, yeah. And then, and prior to that, I was trying to talk my friend Dan into coming over around, that was around 1245 to see if he wanted to play some dollar games, and he was, he was, uh, I don't think he was in any state to come and play dollar games, so, but yeah, so, oh, but yeah, so it's it's summer, so it's kind of like my kids don't have to wake up super early, so I generally will stay up a little bit later, but I, yeah, maybe I, maybe I should have tapered into that a little bit more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe you should realize your age is catching up to you, man. Uh, you just can't can't hack it. You know anymore. what? Know. You know what? Here is the thing:
1: <laughs> I am forty nine years of age, but I am um, I am a relatively fit human being. I I eat well, and I you know I take care of myself so that I can stay up and punish myself till the wee hours of the morning. So it's okay. You know, age is relative, man. 40, 40, 49, 50, it's the new 25.
0: I agree (laughs) with you. I was talking about that with some friends recently about how, like, I remember my mom throwing a 40th birthday party for my dad and how it was, like, this huge deal. And, like, how it seemed so old when I was seven. Yeah. And yeah. now, like, as I'm creeping up on 40, I'm like, I feel like a kid still. So well, I figure that's a that's a good thing. when
1: I there was a certain maybe it was 45. I think 45 was a rough, rough year. I think I started to feel a lot then. And then maybe it's just like a numbness that comes over you at some point. Um, but at 49, yeah, 49, I don't feel bad. My wife is my wife is staring at me going, eh, you're, you're, you are you're look pretty rough, but Um, I let, I let the beard go a little bit. So I just get complaints from my kids when I like give them a kiss on the forehead and they're like, ow. So I look 49. I think I'm going to do, you look, you look good. I think I'm going to do Botox. Have you ever considered doing Botox? Uh,
0: I have absolutely not remotely considered anything like that. (laughs) My wife look like,
1: apparently like between my eyes, I have a, uh, a one eleven. like I have vertical vertical lines i have that too and she thinks that i should get botox she thinks i have looking a little like maybe sure. that maybe i look 111
0: that's interesting i have the same lines i thought that i don't know i accepted it i just figured we're angry a lot so we <laughs> for our furrow our brow or something that might be what it is yeah.
1: all right man well look enough about my botox oh my wife is going inside she's leaving she can't handle she can't take a, it anymore part. Oh, wait, she's on a business call. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she was she took a business call as I was talking about Botox. So she is rushing inside and gave me the stink eye because I talked to her as she walked by me. Eh, yeah. it you know what?
0: People need to go I'm, back. I'm guessing sort. you've got a few stink eyes throughout the marriage. It happens.
1: You know what? I'm okay. let's let's talk pinball, Tommy, because let's I'm not it, here to talk about my marriage and my failing health. I'm here to talk about, um, yeah, I'm here to talk pinball and, uh, you've been a busy, well, you've been a busy person. What's up?
0: Yeah, man. man. I have, I know we recorded like maybe only a month ago or yeah, so. It wasn't,
1: it wasn't uh, like, too long.
0: Yeah. Pretty, pretty recent for us. Cause I think Mando had been announced, but we were waiting to see the stream no. to record again. And since then, um, yeah. I've picked up my Mando. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I'm. I'm pretty sure we were literally the first location in the country to have it on location, just by dumb luck. Yeah. Um, but I streamed it that night. Uh, I picked it up. One of the employees at North End where I work is a huge Star Wars fan. To where like he has multiple Star Wars tattoos, and he brought down to the stream this like new custom built lightsaber that he got. That's like when I like, you know, like sometimes you're you don't want to tell people what you spend on pinball machines because it just, you know, in your head, it's crazy, even though like we understand how they hold their value and stuff. Yeah, that was like when he told me what he spent on having this lightsaber made. I was like, oh, that seems crazy. (laughs) That sort of thing. But uh, anyway, we played for five hours. It was uh, I'm really enjoying it, quite honestly. Uh, I wasn't quite sure from just watching the stream. You know, it looked pretty good. Okay, I was into it, but wasn't certain. And uh, getting my hands on it and playing it, I, I have to say, I do think CERN has a, a winner on their hands. Um, it, it has... I saw somebody comparing it to uh, Ninja Turtles Code, which I just played some Ninja Turtles last night, as well as some Mandalorian last night, to try to, like, see the similarities. And the, the, really, the only thing I'm seeing that's the same is essentially you shoot the ramps to light your modes. Um, That, to me, is not that unique, but that lines up. But then after that, Ninja Turtles scoring and rules and stuff really make almost no sense to me. Don't understand it. That's what I was worried about with Mandalorian. But with Mandalorian, they actually make sense, and I understand the scoring pretty quickly. And it's got some really good basic stuff like shoot your ramps, and start a mode which casual players can understand, plus the multi ball starting like fairly easily with an up the middle shot. Um, a lot of my casuals were appreciating it in just the two days I was down there watching people play it so far. So that made me happy and excited. I think in person, the art package is even more impressive. Like, I love the orange cabinet, yeah. it looks beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Playfield's nice, uh, the multipliers. You can get up to a five X play field, but you like after just, I've literally probably played like 25 games on it, maybe. So we're in that range total. Like I fully understand how to get my multipliers and how to start them. If that's something I want to do. Um, and obviously that's going to be your path to really big scores is getting a big play field multiplier stacked with a mode stacked with a multi-ball. So it's got some relatively simple stacking, um, but I, it's not like it's easy to do. It's just easy to understand what you're trying to stack, actually. So, so far, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, only bad news is the entrance to my left ramp has cracked already. Yeah. Uh, it has a metal protector on it. it. The ramp broke where the metal protector attaches, actually. So I'm going to, I was, I just saw it like as I was leaving town, I'm actually up in Michigan, uh, summer vacation, enjoying myself, but I'm heading back tonight because we have league and I'm going to take some Mylar and basically Mylar down where it cracked and it's not going to be a permanent fix, but I reached out to Stern that night when I noticed it, like 10 PM and I got a morning email back the next morning at 8:30, which is 7:30 Stern time. Um, That, you know, it's covered by warranty, give us your serial number, and they're going to take care of it. So, again, it's frustrating, um, but I know Stern also doesn't want that stuff to be breaking, and they're taking care of it. So, it is what it is, and that is exciting. So, obviously, that's the biggest news with Mandalorian being the hot new release on the streets. And um, what did I do? I counted my coins before I left on Monday and just from Thursday to Monday, uh, uh, Mandalorian came ended up coming in like third out of all my games for the two-week total. So we got a lot of play in just like four days. So,
1: so your two-week
0: total, it was third only? Third overall. It trailed uh, Tron, which I just added in as well. Right. Um, everything trailed Tron. Tron eats quarters like it's its job. Yeah. That game is um, so wicked hard, and- man it's it's this one is set up honestly this one's set up pretty easily yeah, but still compared to some others um but like i mean it's just a fact those lights on the that ramp like that sucks people in because i was just watching like people that don't usually play pinball go over to that one and be like well i gotta try this like and you that was and you have the modded ramps awesome. right
1: like you have it's yeah not i got LE. the eli ramp yeah.
0: kit on it yeah So, it's the pro version, but it's got the same lamp, right? The ramp lights as the LE version. Um, And that music's just so good on that game. Oh, it's so good. Uh, Dude, that was. Yeah, go ahead. It said Tron was basically like the first modern game I learned the rules to because Dan St. John had an LE at his location at Main Street. And that's the game that me and uh, Dr. Phil Grimaldi literally played probably three or four nights a week together, like trying to get better and understand completely. And it kind of blows my mind now, like, we used to occasionally get to see a simulation. Granted, Dan's was set up really, really hard. But, like, now I just, I fully grasp what I'm doing, trying to get there. And I think I got to it in all the three of the first games I played on it. Maybe two out of the three first games I played on it. Um, still haven't got to Portal, so it does have, like, this white horse that I'm chasing, you know, on it as well. But it, Dan sold his Tron this past year, and... I was just spoiled, always having access to one, and then I didn't, and it made me want to look for one, and found one, so it was it's awesome. happy to have Tron too.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a great game. I think um, I remember when Tron first came out. I, re- I was at the Allentown show in Pennsylvania, and I can't remember who was I can't remember who was selling them. Oh man, it was a, that was a
0: long time ago. Probably Pinball Star, I'm guessing, back it was, then. or Trent, it was Pinball you? Star. So they've both been around yeah, a while. Yeah, it might
1: have been Pinball Star, but he had some Trons. And, I mean, I remember when I first saw that game, the play field just seemed so bare. Like, nobody was interested in it. I mean, like, people looked yep. at that game and they were just like, dude, Stern is, you know, Stern is dying. Like, look at this garbage they're putting out. It's just a theme game. And I think that they were like, the, the prices were, you know, I mean, going, going back then, it was like, oh, these... They were good prices back then. Like they were trying, See, I they were the trying to. I think the LA was like
0: five thousand when it yeah. came out or something. Well, they
1: were, and I think that they had like show price show deals on these games. Like, um oh, but it 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 took me a long time to appreciate Tron. I think that it was just, um, yeah. It didn't seem like the, a ton of people I knew had them. I don't know that I knew anybody who had one. And then finally, we had one at the uh, Richmond Pinball Collective, and I got to spend time. I got to spend time playing it, but I also got to spend time playing it with people who really understood it and really good players that got deep and could like sit there and like, hey, this is what you want to do and then actually do it. And it really changed the way I felt about the game. I, I think it's it's the rules are nice because it's one of those, it's a simple rule set, but it's difficult to master it. You know, It's similar to Attack yeah, from
0: Mars. Yeah, absolutely. And there's
1: something about those games that um, I think... I, yeah, I think that that is, um, there's like that real sweet spot, right, where it's just like you, you can have a game design that's tough enough to make a skilled player remain engaged with the game. And I think that Tron is like that. I think that Tron's layout is so simple. I mean, it's Funhouse Flipped, right? Is that right? Is that,
0: yeah. Oh, it's Congo. Is it Congo? Tron's layout is just Congo.
1: I always thought it yeah. was, I always thought the whole thing was like, if you took a fun house play field and flipped it over, it was very similar. I think of, think of the, well, maybe you don't even need to flip it over. I mean, if you look at the scoop location, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't have as much experience <laughs> with Congo, but we just got a Congo at the uh, Richmond Pinball Collective.
0: Ooh, nice. You'll see. They're, they're like the gray shot is the exact same as the chorus shot. Okay um yeah you, you have the whole like disc in the middle and the back which changes it from both funhouse and congo yeah. but there's just borrowed element uh, again there's only so many things you can do with the layout unless you're Keith Elwin and yeah. then you can just break all the rules and do whatever you want and be awesome at it but yeah it's a nice hybrid of some stuff uh, it just it just that game meshes really well together with the sound package in yeah, it. Like great sound package. That's a game where I really appreciate the sound. Like it's when I turned up at location because I'm like, yeah, you guys can hear this, and nobody's going to complain. Actually, I mean um, that in
1: Total Nuclear Annihilation. I'm trying to think of soundtracks yep. where it's like, you know, let the attract turn the attract mode tra- attack attract sounds up on that game, and it'll just draw you into the pinball. I mean, what what other games do that? that you can think of. Um,
0: I mean, those two stand out to me the most, like obviously your music pins have the music and they are what they they are. are. But as far as like other games with their sound packages, like those two, I have to agree are like at the top of the list of melding the worlds of music and and pinball in unique ways that really succeed. Hey,
1: speaking of melding the world of music and pinball, did you see that there was a, for the record store day, there was a Xenon release a a Xenon album? No. Yeah. So Record Store Day just passed. Um, maybe it was Friday or Saturday. And there was a Xenon album that dropped. Like, it's, I believe it's the sound effects from Xenon that dropped for Record Store Day, which just seems crazy. But there
0: you go. That's crazy. I had no idea. A um, mutual friend of ours, Clark, picked one up. Oh, I say, I'm looking right now. I found it, and I had no idea. Yeah. and I'm guessing it's sold out at this point. It's probably, probably sold
1: out. Well, Clark Clark is one of the yeah. uh, founding members of the Richmond Pinball Collective, and a, a friend of mine, and Tommy's. You guys chat. Um, yeah, so yeah, he he was able. He stood in line and picked one up. So I guess I'll, next time I go over to his house, I'll be able to listen to. Uh, some Xenon sound effects, which is kind of like, you could actually, you could play it. It's pretty funny. You could play it. And it's just, I don't know why you'd want it on an album, but I guess if you're a record collector and you're into pinball, it's like, okay, go for it.
0: Yeah. I started collecting vinyl over the last year too. two. Uh, and yeah. Not like it, not extensively or by any means, but yeah, like that would have been a sweet find for sure. Um,
1: so back to Mandalorian. Cause I, I so yeah. as far as the ramp goes, because I know, you know, obviously I knew that it had broken because um, you shared yeah, it. Yeah. And have you heard of other people having that issue or does it look like you're kind of the one-off for the ramps? Because
0: I I will. I haven't seen anyone else, but I've also been up here at the okay. lake for three days and basically off the internet. Um, okay. I'm, I am I. want to make sure everyone understands, like, I realize these things happen. Yeah. I'm not being like, God damn Stern. Like, it happens. I know Stern's not happy about it either. They're fixing it. It is what it is. Um. I just, I popped into the thread right here and it doesn't look like anyone else is having issues um, for the Mando owner's thread on pin side, at least. Now the one, So that's good to see. I've seen, I played another one on location last night. Theirs was not broken. Um, other players, I didn't tell them mine had broken, but two other players commented while we were playing. They were like, man, that left ramp really seems like it's going to break when you hit it. And I, I didn't say anything, but I was like, yeah, I think it probably is going to. I,
1: I have heard from uh, other people. That have played it that they've remarked about how thin the plastic of the ramps was Um, yeah so i think that that's interesting i know that when they first showed the game i think that there were some comments made about how that the ramps that were in it were prototypes but um you know somebody mentioned that maybe the thinness of them at the time because i think people even mentioned it then that they thought it would you know, it was, it was due to the prototype status, but it sounds like they ship like that, which I mean, I think that's a little troubling, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, that's a game. I mean, it's, you know, if it's a game that gets played a lot, the ramps are going to get busted.
0: That's yeah, just going to happen. It's definitely, it's definitely a possibility. I, I'm, there's a protector there. It just seems like the protector doesn't fit perfectly snug on the ramp. So every time it gets hit, I think it had a little flex to it. And that flex, I think, led to breaking at the mounting point. That's what I suspect. But I never, like, the game's been great. I haven't had any ball sticks. Like, I didn't have to take the glass off except to remove, like, the protective stuff on the Razor Crest ship when I opened the game. But is the the protector
1: for the ramp, is it attached to, like, a post in front of the ramp entrance?
0: No, it's just attached to the, well, yes. So the front one is attached to a post. The back one is not. It's just got like a tab on the ramp that it screws through. And Is that
1: the one that broke?
0: That's what broke. Yes. Yeah,
1: okay. So what is so, what is it protecting? Like what is the actual The
0: side of the ramp.
1: Okay. I'll have to take a, I'll yeah, have to I take mean, a look at it. It's
0: protecting the entrance. It's essentially like a a a cliffy on the ramp entrance. It's It seems okay. I just, I just think the way it's mounted is it's obviously not the best. But again, haven't seen it happen elsewhere and CERN is taking care of it and the game is uh still playable. You just have to hit that left ramp a little cleaner because right now the left side flexes a lot if you hit that side yeah. and your balls is not going up the ramp if you do that.
1: Well, yeah, that's cool, man. Other than that, did you think that the rules I did I, I think I saw you comment about the fact that you had it sounded like you had gotten pretty deep into the game rules wise. I got
0: I got the stream. I actually literally right before we started recording, just exported the stream to YouTube because I hadn't done that yet. So it is still on Twitch right now since our Twitch my twitch keeps everything up there for like two weeks yep. um but i got to two out of the three mini wizard modes i got to the multi-ball mini wizard mode because there's three different multi-balls you put qualify all three of those then you have to qualify the fourth one which is that mini wizard mode i can't remember what it's called off the top of my head and i also got to the missions uh mini wizard mode so play all five missions and then shoot your ramps again and you'll qualify that one I did not get to the encounters, which is the upper play field. Um, the upper play field, I know that was something that a lot of people kind of had questions about, but I've really enjoyed it so far. Um, it reminds me a lot of Congo's lower play field in that it's it's not it's not like it's difficult. Like you're not – a casual will walk up, and they'll be able to see you have a flipper there and flip and bash some targets. So that part's, like, fairly easy. Um, But you can actually get some pretty big points there by hitting the targets you need to to complete the encounter. And then it gives you, like, a bonus level, which starts roving the lit insert. And if you're shooting the lit inserts, your points are pretty big. It's like two purple lights that rotate over. Uh, If you hit the other ones, you're not getting anything. But those little bonus levels can give you some pretty big points really quick. And you're not up there for a really long time. Uh, it's a little bit... I guess it would be similar to Aerosmith's Upper Playfield, which I know is in a game that a ton of people have played. The premium and Ellie on that didn't seem to sell as great. But I thought that was a, a well-integrated Upper Playfield when I played that game, too. So that does... I, that's the one mini-wizard mode I didn't get to that night. And I don't think it's that... It's, it's, well... It's not that it's that hard. It's just you have to really focus on doing those encounters... Uh, which if you're not applying the focus to that, it's a lot easier to start missions or to start multi-balls than it is the encounters, I guess. Because uh, each encounter has three levels, and you have to do three of them. So basically, you're going through like nine little mini modes on that upper play field. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's it's not... The ball isn't up there all the time. When it is up there, it's up there so briefly that you don't really notice. How pl- how playable well is it? I
1: mean, is it a playable... like? You're talking about making like the roving shots. Like, can you trap up and actually like aim and stuff like that?
0: You can trap up. The thing is, the targets you're shooting are like what two to three inches in front of your flipper. So you can trap up and aim. You're going to hit the target you want to hit, but then the ball comes back down so so fast fast that it's very hard to react to. Um, And how
1: does the ball, the, the way that the ball feeds that upper play field, is it one of those things where? That flipper is always energized, right? So there's got to, there's something that diverts the ball to to like basically feed that play. Forever. Yeah,
0: the ramp has a diverter that actually drops down. Okay,
1: I think I saw a picture um, it's, of that.
0: It's like a little U metal thing. Um, I saw the ball bounce out of that from hitting that diverter so hard it bounced out and came back down the ramp on somebody's game. Um, that hasn't happened to me at all on my machine yet, so I don't think it's a huge concern. But I I know that was something people had mentioned. Um, Honestly, I mean, the game seems to shoot really well. Like, we had no ball sticks. Uh, The left orbit can be dialed in a little bit better for sure. Um, There's a, if you look at it, there's a flasher that's mounted to some plastics that hangs over the orbit. And as the ball is coming in or out of that orbit right now, it occasionally hits that. Like... It's not the best place for it to be mounted, for sure. But, you know, the rest of the shots feel pretty good, other than the ramps do seem kind of thin.
1: Yeah. Man, I don't know if you can hear it, but... I'm like um,
0: oh we're putting people to sleep with this thing it's like the mother nature podcast it
1: is it's like Bob (laughs) Ross look a dragonfly just flew by I don't it's yeah it's just uh, it's very relaxing so I apologize for all the background sounds (laughs) no this is we're setting the
0: whole mood with this one man
1: Oh, uh, we'll have to do like a Bob Ross cover or something like
0: that. Um I, I like it. Yeah. I, he gave me painting our hey, logo. Hey, I like <laughs> it. There we go. Um yeah.
1: So yeah, so I think uh I think I'll have an opportunity to play a Mandalorian this upcoming week. Um so I'm super excited about that. Yeah, so it looks I yeah, I watched I watched some of your stream. It looked it looks
0: really fun. I yeah, and And while I was streaming, um, Dwight jumped into the stream. And Dwight is the coder of the game. Yeah. And you know, it's it was interesting because again, I've openly talked about how I don't like some of Dwight's games, some of his rules he comes up with. But in there, you know, Dwight was, he's like, you're always nervous when your game's about to hit the streets. And like you could tell he's genuinely excited. He was asking questions. He was telling people some of the stuff. And that was, like, I didn't reach out to Stern or anything. Somebody just told Dwight someone was streaming the game, and he jumped in. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I did mention on the stream that I thought, because I got, like, I don't know, 35 or 50 million in in a bonus level on the encounters. And I mentioned, like, I thought that was kind of, like, unbalanced scoring-wise. And he said, yeah, you know, I might take a look at the scoring on that again. cool. So it was cool to see, like, you know, you notice something. The coder is actually there watching you play, and he... Saw what you saw. Yeah. So that was cool. But for the most part, the mode scoring seems really well balanced. Um, and again, you can activate those multipliers. So there's two stand up targets on the right. You shoot those, that activates one of the multipliers. Um, the other one on the left side, there's the three hunter stand up targets. If you shoot those, then you have to roll in through the right in lane, I believe it is. That activates the hunter mode. And that's a hurry up on the orbits and then the left side, you activate the scope and that in lane. And then it lights the three targets, three shots on the right side, uh, that little U-turn shot, the right ramp and one of the right standups. And it gives you like three seconds to shoot one of those for the scope award and all those. That's what lights your play field multiplier as well as gives you like some best car to buy other stuff too. uh, Honestly, I just I th- I had a lot of fun playing it. I'm in I'm enjoying How it. Was and it was really cool that they put in that setting for streamers to turn off the licensed music. Oh, I did that nice. just to test it out, but like that was uh the alternate sound soundtrack is really good as well. I barely noticed that it wasn't their original music, yeah. but it's just cool for the people that do stream all the time that would have trouble with a game like this knowing they'll be able to actually stream it. That's pretty sweet.
1: That is pretty cool. That is I mean, obviously, their relationship with streaming has been huge for them, and
0: yeah, you know, I the, absolutely. I mean, realistically, it's just for the most part. I know Jack's getting; he's some sort of a, a contracted Stern employee for certain things, brand ambassador, um, I believe. He's brand a ambassador, brand yeah. Ambassador. You know, but for the most part, the rest of us are just like free advertising when, for them. Essentially, well,
1: see, what's interesting is when I took my break from the podcast, as some people they people have called me a failed quitter. I I really thought that a brand like some pinball company was going to reach out to try to make me a brand ambassador because you've seen that a lot with like when the pinball network became a thing, like a bunch of people like broke off and started working for companies like American Pinball picked up somebody, a podcaster, you know, it seems like all these people get jobs with companies and I didn't get a call from anybody. Like I didn't even get a call from um, Deep Root. Like they hired everybody and nobody nobody wanted me. So I had to come back.
0: I see now that uh, that makes sense. I <laughs> now I get what you were up I to. I
1: didn't mean to say that out loud. I was trying to head hunt my I was headhunting myself around and nobody wanted my head. Nobody was interested, yeah, so I had to come back should to you. Showed them the
0: hands, man. No, I,
1: yeah. Well, you know, I've tried that. I've been trying that on my social media. Like, I don't. Nobody's. I've never really been hired for a hand modeling job. Which I would think, like Carhartt or somebody, like, hey, like Ford trucks. You know, like go to you that, know that would make like, sense. Like the the scene of like a hand grabbing a steering wheel on a truck. Like, oh yeah, that that person's. That's a working that's a working person's hand, but nothing, not a call, <laughs> nothing.
0: Um, you should try some horror film auditions, perhaps. Uh, you know, it's, like the hand that reaches out of the grave or something. That's a you know? thing.
1: Like Spooky Pinball is not even calling me for like you know we want your hand to model for a back, bo- back box or something like that back box art. Um, but speaking of um, yeah, I think it's cool. I I I think it's cool like with the streaming stuff because I was gonna. Um, try to dive into Pin Clash a little bit, um, get into some Avengers
0: talk. Man, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, it's crazy, It's been a busy couple weeks. Busy couple
1: weeks, but um, yeah, I think it's really cool what they've done as far as listening to the community, uh, especially streaming, because I think it's just, I mean, thinking back to, you know, when Jack Danger was pretty much the only person in town, right? And now it's just like a huge network of streamers and... Um, like what Stern has done, like with adding like direct HDMI like <laughs> link to the video stuff. I mean,
0: it's just like oh, they they haven't done that. We're all still hacking. Oh, that
1: oh, I thought that was something <laughs> that had happened. I'm
0: sorry. I th- no, they never ended up releasing that board. They did design something, and some people got their hands on them, but they didn't officially release. Oh,
1: uh, I th- yeah, I remember seeing that. I felt I like I saw that for sale at some point, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. That makes so much sense. And uh, well, I retract that Stern.
0: Get on it. Um. Yeah, I think it's something they are clearly working towards. Um, the The streaming community, though, man, like if you go into some of those threads on the how-tos, like so many people are just sharing their knowledge and making it so that more and more people can stream. Um, and I think the pandemic had a lot to do with that, too, oh, yeah. when everyone was stuck at home. And like uh, Rachel said, when you talked to her, like that was their way of staying connected to, you know, their friends in the hobby. Yeah. Uh, and it did open like last night with, with technology. It's, it's so amazing that, you know, you're able to talk to John Cosson at <laughs> two in the morning and get a video tour of a, a game that he has yeah. like, yeah, I it, that wasn't on a stream, but it easily could have been yeah. like, those are, that's what's amazing about it. And obviously, um, as you mentioned with pin clash, uh, which you played in the first one, uh, thanks to my COVID quarantine. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, uh, that was not planned, then, by the way. I didn't try to get you. No, it you wasn't. COVID. That was just really funny. Uh, and then this one, uh, this pin clash 2.0 or whatever on uh, Avengers Infinity Quest. Like there was literally players playing in this one. They talked about it during the stream that just started streaming, so they could play in this tournament. Oh, that's so cool! So like Carl, Carl created this thing, and I know there's a huge team of people that helped him work it all out. But it's basically Carl's brainchild. Um, that led to a rise in streaming because people wanted to be able to participate in this new tournament format. And I have to say, even though I didn't win spoiler alert, uh, it was awesome to play in. It was a lot of fun. I get why you had so much fun on the first one yeah. now, because like the qualifying thing, like I enjoy streaming. I don't enjoy setting up streaming. Yeah, I'm the same way. So when I put up a good qualifying score after like 20 minutes, I was stoked. Cause then I didn't have to qualify for the next like six. Yeah. Weeks. That's exactly how and I felt. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yes. some people put in like I and I didn't play Avengers much because I've been bringing in so many new things that I've been playing. But like some people qualified for like 40 hours. Yeah, that's like 40 hours of streaming. That's like three years worth of streaming for me, essentially. Yeah, uh, but it's if that's what they enjoy doing, that's awesome. Uh, but I definitely enjoyed playing in the tournament, even with like the long wait times between games because it was so well produced that I was still watching the actual like streaming of the tournament in between my games where I'm supposed to be playing. I had it on at the bar, and it's neat to see the interviews with the different players, get their backstory, if they stream often or if it was because of the tournament, all that stuff. Um, it was just really high. One of my friends who I told was, you know, I was playing in it, you know, tune if you can. He couldn't believe how, like, professional it seemed. And I was like, yeah, like, they put a ton of work into this thing. And it makes me excited to think. Like, I'm curious what the next one might be now. Like, what's the next game they're going to put into uh, a a pin clash? Like, I'm excited. I want to make sure I have access to it so I can participate again.
1: I think it's going to be interesting as well. Now that I think the next pin clash with locations opening back up, like, one of the things with pin clash, and I assume it's going to continue, is that you can only have one person qualify per location. So it's going to be really interesting because you do have a lot of locations that are set up to stream. Like you will have, you know, you're going to see like amazing, amazing qualifying scores, right? Because you're going to have so many people. It's going to be like, who's going to be the top qualifier from this location? Not even like, you know, I mean, if I sit in my basement, I'm the only one that can qualify out of my basement. But if I had five of my really talented friends over, there's no way that I would qualify higher than them. So it's gonna be really interesting. It'll be really interesting because the caliber is just gonna get intense. And I think it's also gonna yeah. be interesting because I think there's gonna be a lot of I think that's gonna be a moment where you could have a lot of unknown faces show up. And I and I think that they did it as well. I mean, there were a lot of like known players in this most recent pin clash, but there are also names that I had never I had never heard. Um, yeah,
0: there was new people that I was I didn't know who they were either. Um, so, what, and that's cool too.
1: What was the qualify? The qualifying was what I don't. I you don't had to quite play exactly. the battle
0: battle Royale. battle royal mode, yeah. which keeps track of it's one of the the mini wizard modes, um, <clears throat> but it keeps track of both your time, your score, and most interesting, the number of flips that it takes you to beat it. And that's what they actually used for the qualifying standings this time was the number of flips. Um, So the basic strategy that seemed to get developed was to hold your flippers up at all times so you're not uh, using more flips to do live catches and stuff. Uh, You needed to bring in wasp to the mode, which means you need to shoot the far right shot. So on the premium LE, it's the scoop. On the pro, it's a stand-up target. And if you plunge just right, you could get lucky enough to get a slingshot bounce into there off the plunge. Which some people started using that strategy. So you're eliminating even another flip there. Uh, and then from there, you need to essentially shoot the tower and then hit the Hawkeye loop up top because it does extra damage. Uh, so that did extra damage. And being in the Wasp multi ball did two attacks to damage too. So I think somebody, again, this stuff blows my mind because I can't make my brain compute things this way, but somebody figured out like a perfect. Absolutely perfect game getting that slingshot bounce to into the ant or into the wasp to start that multi ball would be eight flips. So like you'd have to have at least eight flips. But so what I think the top qualifier ended up having eleven flips. What's
1: your objective though? Your objective is to shoot all the shots.
0: You yeah, so you have when you start playing this mode, you are one of the Avengers. You have all six of your Avengers and you're fighting all five of the members of the Dark Order. Right and shots all the shots are basically lit at the start and as you shoot a shot it deals damage to the black order member um and that is then unlit until you damage them enough to kill them and when the next dark order member comes in all the shots are relit but you're not defeating Meanwhile, you're not
1: defeating the entire you're, dark
0: you're not you're not you are you're fighting all five
1: of them yeah but you, so okay so the 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 best qualifying score
0: was eleven flips. Eleven flips. So yep. he
1: defeated all of them in eleven flips.
0: Yep, because you basically you start the 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 multi ball, so everything is taking two x damage. So every shot you're hitting is giving that guy to, the villain two x damage. And if you were hitting it with a Hawkeye combo up top, I think it was like four or eight x damage. So you're basically killing each one in that that. Combo shot tower and then Hawkeye. Wow. Yeah. What? It's it's crazy. <laughs> That's like, crazy. I got. I think mine was twenty two flips. Yeah. But I it was literally my fourth game. The the three games before that were like 130, 120, and maybe eighty flips. Like wow. I just put together like a really quick game all of a sudden and got a little bit lucky. Um, and it, it's it's interesting when. Keith creates those modes, how it does give you a different way to play that game. Um, in pin clash, wh- round one, I w- was playing against Andrew Rosa, uh, Andy Rosa's son, who I've known for most of my time in pinball now. And it's crazy because he was like a little kid when I met him. And now he's a college graduate, I believe. Wow. Yeah. Uh, or about to be. And he's a, a very good player. He's been playing his entire life. And we know each other, so it was kind of fun to be paired up with someone you know in the first round. And we basically said to each other, "Like, yeah, well, whoever wins, the other one will get them back at pinball at the zoo. We always play each other up there." So that that was fun to get to play someone you know. We ended up going to overtime because we ended up tied. Great match. After the three challenges. It was a great. Yeah, it, it was a
1: great match.
0: It was our times were just so close to each <sighs> other. It was it was really interesting to see how it was done. They had to do an instant replay to check his time on his less challenge because he was less or right around a half a second over one of the time gaps from where the points would be. Changed. It was a whole, it
1: was the Hulk challenge, right? Like you had to get, Yeah, to, I
0: believe that was it. I think he was at like 30.67 seconds or something. And if he was at under 30, he would have gotten an extra five points and we'd have been tied to force overtime, which when they reviewed it, he was, which I, I, they had three time reviewers and I totally trust the whole system. And I was like, this is just going to make for great content because we're going to overtime, which I hadn't seen done yet. Yeah. What we didn't know, we thought the overtime was just going to be another challenge. And instead, it was you had to play through that black order. Multi-ball. Yeah. yeah. So it was like we're back to the qualifying format. But now it wasn't on flips. It was based on your time. And we still ended up finishing really close to each other. I think I ended up winning by like seven seconds, yep. which is not that big of a time difference when you're talking about that mode. No. Um, the, the entire match is
1: really competitive cuz I think the first yeah. so you have th- you have th- three object you have basically have three rounds per match and uh-huh. the first match and this was the second round is that correct? The second
0: round of the Uh no, it was the first round. It was round. first we round. Were, yeah, I did not get a okay. buy. Okay.
1: And so the first the first round was a tier 1 challenge yeah, we had right? To
0: start- Hawkeye. was. There. I actually have the sheet of paper I wrote them down Sir on. Sir Hawkeye, so me, you so. had
1: to shoot the three You had to shoot the three stand-ups. So you were playing on a premium. He was playing on a pro. You had to shoot the yeah. three stand-up targets and then shoot the tower, and then that gives you the animation for Hawkeye, right? Yep, correct. Um, and you won um, that one. I won that one
0: pretty big, I think, by 10 points. Y- yes,
1: you had a 10-point advantage yeah. going into the second objective, second challenge. Uh-huh.
0: And then our, our second one was collect level one Black Panther, right. which I think is something like eight or nine shots to the right I orbit. I think it's
1: nine shots, but you also have to, yeah. after you get past the first... that The level one thing is very confusing to me because you get... You yeah,
0: you think initially it should be level one, and then right. like when you first collect them? Yeah. yeah so, so First you collect them, then there's level one, and then there's level two, now when you, even though it, it's your third time collecting. When you them.
1: first collect them you don't have to hit a different switch. You can just hit the le- you can just hit the right orbit over and over again. But once you get past collecting him and going to earn level one, that's when you have to have another switch hit. Plus, uh, uh, see, I
0: didn't even know I, I that. Think, I yep. think
1: that's the way it works. Um, it, at least that's, I think that's the way it works. Because I know that's how it works with Black
0: Widow. Um, which- yes, yeah, so I know Black Widow, you definitely have to, because you're better off doing like center ramp and then Captain Marvel ramp and then back to center yeah. ramp. Um. Yeah.
1: And then your third one was the Hulk Challenge, which yeah, and that's a
0: bunch of spinner bunch, hits, like spinner 190 hits. spinner hits. Now, I
1: will say, I watched uh, Andy Rose's dad play, and
0: th- oh yeah, with his 63 spins. Yeah, like that <laughs> spinner
1: was so juiced up. Like I, I yeah. have I got to get my brain lube out and um hit my spinner because that's ridiculous. I will say, I played a Led Zeppelin. I th- I think I played it after I. We talked last time. I played Led Zeppelin, and the Opto Spinner on that game is just a freaking beautiful thing.
0: I, oh, I, yeah, like all spinners should be Opto Spinner at this point. Like, you created spinners. it, make them that way. Now I wonder, I mean, all they're going to do is adjust the rules. Like, any game you needed 30 spins, now you need 50 spins or 60 yeah. spins. But I still just want to see the spinner spin. That oh, much. yeah,
1: it's crazy. I mean, like, just and so satisfying just to see it. Like, yeah, I, I. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you could like retroactively. If you could go in, if somebody can make a mod for Avengers and make that into an Opto Spinner,
0: please put me on the list. Yeah, those things are very cool. Um, but yeah, so I ended up surviving that first round with the the overtime victory, and it was. Uh, I had fun. It was very cool. I was like legitimately excited when I. I had. It's kind of funny because I had the stream on in my headphones. While I'm playing, but it's obviously delayed. So I'm getting Steve Bowden and Snow Galvin's commentary, but like a couple seconds late. Yeah. So like, I don't realize like how close we are, what's going on. And I like literally was like, woo or whatever. Or yelled when I I won. And there was a, I was playing at my location. I had moved Avengers kind of like up onto the stage. So I had space and stuff. But I also made the mistake of putting it like right where Mandalorian and Tron and Led Zeppelin are right behind me, all the new stuff. So there's people up there playing and they somebody told me the lady like behind me jumped when I yelled because I'm usually a pretty quiet and composed yeah. player. But I was uh, I was genuinely excited to survive. Yeah,
1: that. it. it I, I felt the same way when I was able to get through my first round. Yeah, it was it's it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, the delay is the delay is interesting because you don't necessarily know what the other person has done. And then oh, I yeah. think that I had I had a in a situation as well where they went back and they had to review the tape and so yeah you're just kind of like ah uh, you know what's going to happen but yeah it was um, yeah it was really cool so first round was a victory second round I don't know that I saw your second round but I um, don't
0: second round I played I think it was Zach McCarthy who I think ended up winning the whole I thing I think
1: that's I think that's
0: right yeah. And um, our first challenge was to start any super mode. And you do that by getting a a tic-tac-toe on the drop targets over on the computer grid. Um, What I didn't know was that uh, you want to create an X, not a plus sign. Because the plus signs are not super modes. So that probably sounds confusing, but you got a 3 by 3 grid. You basically want to get one of the diagonal or the sides or the tops, but not an uh, not a plus sign. So not right down the middle column uh, in either direction. Oh, really? Vertical or horizontal. What? Yeah, yeah. See, that would have been good to know, right? Yeah. Because I did not know that, and I shot a different one. And then about three seconds later in the commentary, I hear uh, Steve and Snow be like, Oh, Tommy did not want to do that. And I was like, I didn't want to do that. Uh-oh. And I ended up losing the first challenge by, like, a significant amount. So I was down 15 points um, by the time I completed it. Uh, what I really did, like, in the scoring is, like, I've played in a previous head-to-head tournament where it was just whoever finished the task first won. Yep. So it's it's a little faster. But once the other person won, I have no incentive or reason to keep playing. You know, it's over. I've lost. Yeah, Here when you hear on the commentary that the other person's completed it, like suddenly there's even more pressure because now you're like, every second matters here that I need to finish this in to keep the score as close as possible. So that was really interesting to have that uh, scoring system in place for the, the tournament as well. Um, so anyway, from that challenge, yeah, I'm down 15 heading into our second one, which ended up being collect H and Thor which means I, I believe, if I understand right, I had to start Thor multi ball, get a jackpot, shoot the captive ball, and then get a double jackpot, and then shoot the captive ball. I think I don't
1: even know. I don't
0: understand. I don't, I'm much. not sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm not totally sure. Wrap not wrap but my head around that. Regardless, I won. I I got five points back. Yep. On that one, so I was slightly faster. And then our last challenge, which I thought was going to be very easy was uh, just a score challenge, 50 million points. Oh. And it ended up being not that easy. Like, that's one of those games where I think Keith does this well in all of his games, but your score just sort of um, exponentially grows the longer and deeper you play into the game. Yeah. So, like, it takes a while to get to, like, 50 or 100 million. But once you've gotten that far, everything starts scoring more together and your score jumps faster. Yeah. So, anyway, that first 50 million is kind of tough to get to. And I did end up winning. And then I'm just kind of, like, sitting there listening, waiting for him to finish. And he was really struggling for some reason. And he was down to ball five. And had he drained... He wasn't gonna get that score, and he was gonna have to start over, and it was pretty much gonna guarantee it. I'd win. Oh
1: yeah, um, I di- okay. I did. I saw the tail end of his game.
0: Yeah, it was very close, and he drained out with like forty nine million three hundred thousand or so, and his bonus was just over a million. So he ended up passing it on the bonus. Wow. Um, Ugh. but like. I couldn't believe it. And like, I've, I don't know if I've ever rooted so hard against someone in my uh, life. So sorry, Zach, uh, congrats on winning. But man, in that last ball, when he's on ball five, I was just like, cause we, drain, have, drain, drain, drain. we had to turn off all ball saves in the settings. So I was like, Oh man, if he just gets like a bad plunge somehow, or it feeds those pops, he goes down the oh, middle. Yeah. Like I'm going to actually advance.
1: Wow. And
0: uh, it did not happen. He ended up beating me by five points. Um, I only gained five back in the challenge. And then uh, he went on to win the whole thing, which nice. I uh, I didn't. I ended up after I was done. I'd been at the bar at that point for like eight hours, so I it takes a little while to pack up all the gear and move the game back to where it usually is and stuff. And then I think Alyssa and I went out and got some dinner. And after that, uh, I did tune in to see the very last uh, match. It was him against Dalton, uh, another young guy uh, from Georgia, and It was pretty close, and then what was really impressive was their last challenge was a score challenge again, but this time it was 200 million, and Zach did Soul Gem on hard mode, uh, which I still haven't beat at all, and he beat it in the finals of a big tournament while streaming, and it got 180 million points just for that mode. Damn. It was
1: that it was really
0: really impressive. That's like I was like, damn. And that's that he already had a pretty big lead, but that just sealed the victory. Wow, uh, it was cool. So, and that I think that's great because both those guys I know I think Zach's only like 15, and I'm I don't think Dalton's he might be a young adult, like 18 to 20, something like that. I don't think he's 21 and he was streaming on location at i think portal actually think, down in toronto. Yeah, I think so he cool. plays at
1: uh, portal. I think I saw Brian yeah. uh Brian posted that he was going to be playing representing that location. That's awesome, Yeah, man. so that's very cool. That's very cool. I think that yeah, it's yeah, that's clutch, man. Uh, I've never oh, uh, man, soul gem. I still I st- I still don't get the gem stuff. I'm still having issues with that. But we can we can dip into that for a minute when we're done with pin clash. Um, yeah, I think that I think Carl and the entire production is just amazing. And yeah, I I'm really interested to see I wa- I watched some today and I think it uh at least on the Twitch on his Twitch channel, I don't know if he's got a YouTube one as well, but I think there was like six thousand six point three thousand views or something like that, which is I guess it's kind really? of impressive, but it seems like for pinball, that's a lot, yeah. For pinball, that's a <laughs> lot, but I'm not sure, like, what, what, what's going to make it take that next step into... I mean, like, this, you know, there's streams that just have been watched a million times. Like, what is it that's going to make it, like, make that leap, bridge that, like, big number thing? And uh, I think...
0: I just don't think it's possible for pinball because of the barriers to entry yeah like the cost of the machines being so high, or if they are on location, you know, getting there's, it's just, it's, it's going to remain a niche hobby. Yeah. I do think if there is any sort of bigger market for pinball competitively or streaming, it's going to be in a tournament format like that, um, where the matches are much shorter times. Yeah. I think, I think the and time, I think the time do is still have, a, an issue. Yeah, we have a very short attention span. So well, I think the stream, I think the total stream reality. was like nine hours. Yeah. I mean, it was an all day yeah, event. Yeah. Which is Absolutely. just not,
1: it's not something that almost anybody I know can sit and watch. Or, or even, I mean, I even, I mean, even participating in an event like that can be, that's, that's a long
0: haul. Right. I mean, like, hey. Oh, I was tired. I don't think the final got over until like 11 something. Yeah. My time, um, Carl being on the West coast, we kind of start with their times to work out everything, which is fine. Um, well, excuse I, me. I'm putting you to sleep with all the, I all, now, all the, but nature yeah, I was calls. tired that day.
1: Um, but yeah, <laughs> congratulations to, congratulations to, um, Zach. We think Zach won. Um, and yeah, everybody who, who worked on pin Clash cause it was obviously a success and we don't know the next one, I guess.
0: No, we don't. I know uh, after the first one, uh, Carl wanted to take some time to recuperate oh, because he Carl. does put a ton Come of on, man. Uh, time and effort into it. Come on. But um, obviously, Keith's games have been used so far because Keith has created these masterpieces. So with him rumored to be the the fall release... Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this just becomes maybe a I don't know once a year or twice a year tournament. Um I could see how you could do it on some other games. I would be I know Ninja Turtles has like some sort of a mini wizard mode yeah. that you could use for qualifying. I think Mandalorian does, but I'm not sure. I haven't spent that much time on it yet. Um But I just, just the thought process that goes into creating all the challenges, let alone actually like Making physical marketing materials that advertise to your players what the challenges yeah. are and everything like that, like it is a a ton of effort, and it's not like Carl's raking in big bucks from hosting the stream and stuff like it's just not reality,
1: yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the next one i It would be interesting to see if he ever went back and did like a classic like an attack from Mars or something like that, or if it's just
0: not. It's yeah. I mean, I could see you doing that with one of the, with the remakes making them so much more uh, available. That would make sense to have one of those in there somehow. Um, Does, does does, what's been interesting is they've used such unique ways of qualifying with these mini wizard modes. So it's not just people getting, it's not just people who are always putting up high scores. It really alters the way you play the game to beat those wizard modes um, on those two, that's what I think has made them so unique.
1: Yeah. I, man, that the black order thing, it blows my mind. I 11 flips. I have to, <laughs> I, I am, I have just so inadequate of a player. I can't even <laughs> like to well,
0: know. Well, and that's, so that's kind of the crazy thing too. Not crazy, but it's interesting. Cause when you're playing, there is no flip counter actually on the display. Yeah. So you don't really. I mean you're like while you're playing, you're kind of counting and trying to keep track. Yeah. But it's hard. And you're waiting once you've beat it, you're waiting for the totals to pop up on the screen to see how many flips it was. Right. Um, so when I put up the twenty-two, I was in second place at that point. Yeah. And I ended up dropping down, I think I ended up like twelfth or thirteenth. Yeah. I think you're twelfth. Um, yeah. So it was uh I mean, I just watched my name keep falling down that list. <laughs> and When, they, when it started, they thought it was going to be like, I think they thought forty flips would probably be the cutoff. Yeah. And I think it ended up being like 27. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Like it was, it was crazy how low the scores got. And it's, it's also neat because you have to do it while you're streaming. Yeah. So once somebody does put up a really low score and you see how they did it, everybody else can mimic it.
1: Yeah. That's like okay. Yeah, that's so really that's the
0: path. Yep. So And I think that's the same reason pinball has grown so much overall is because kind of like how you're being stubborn and you refuse to watch tutorial videos to learn how to use your gems so you don't understand them. Like, yeah, well, back in the day, you didn't have that option. So people had to pump in so many quarters to figure out what was going on with these gems. That's why I play my games like
1: thousands of times.
0: Uh, Yeah, it makes sense. (laughs) Uh, now you can watch one video for 10 minutes of your life, just 10 minutes of your life, Taylor, (laughs) and understand something and use that knowledge going forward to benefit you. And then you can share that knowledge with others. And it's, it's just, that's why I think pinball, the skill level has risen so quickly over the last five years for everybody, because we all have access to this knowledge. Now that's being shared via video formats where we can, Watch and re watch until we fully understand something. No, no. Unless you're playing Ninja Turtles and then the scoring just makes no so sense. So
1: I, you know, I appreciate the digs you took at me. And what? I, yeah, no. I want, yeah, I will say that I have, <laughs> in playing, through playing, I have learned a lot about how the gems work, where I want to put them. Um, I, yeah, the gems, the gems make a lot more sense to me now. And, I you know I've gotten four I've won like four gems. I haven't gotten all six yet. But I I have seen where like there is a a billion point somebody I think somebody posted something about like getting a billion points for something somehow they were using the gems and if
0: you get all six gems oh, the, and you get to battle Thanos it's an automatic billion point. Yeah, points. that's
1: what it is. Well, but there's also yep. there's also a way to get a ton of points by it's like you place a certain gem on the Captain Marvel ramp.
0: You put reality on the Captain Marvel ramp, and you put time on the center, center ramp. ramp.
1: Okay, and yep. so basically, because you are, you yeah, so it ends up giving you a ton of points. Now,
0: yeah, so there's the Captain Marvel hurry up thing, and it gets multiplied each time you get to right. it, and it can you can basically just put up a massive score, um, but. <laughs> It's really hard to do. <laughs> it's really hard to do. Now, um,
1: so I, I've learned about the gems. And I have my own personal thing. I, I, I really like the gems now that I understand them. I don't necessarily know the nuances for playing them like others, but I do understand how they work. Um, I think it's really... I think they're really well done. In the fact that when I go to select which one I want to play, I'm like, man, almost everything... I almost want to play everything. You know, it's like I want to play the power up because it makes sense to power up and have it carry over, right? Which is the red one, which is like the Hulk or the reality gem, which is a shot multiplier. Like that makes sense to have it. Or do I want to be able to? Um, what's another one? The mind. What's the mind? The mind gem allows you to collect a shot, or is that the one that
0: allows you to move? uh i think mind allows you to collect and space allows you to space move space allows you to move so usually and that's the one that like i still don't totally understand so
1: what happens with the space gem is if you if you collect the space gem you place the space gem when you hit that when you hit the space gem shot you can hit your um your action button on the lockdown bar and it will move all of your gems over to the right one spot So like, let's say you have your power gem and let's say you use it on Hulk and you max out Hulk. So then you hit your space gem shot and you move everything over. So you could basically, you could, by using space gem and your power up, you could basically lock everything in to where everything is completely powered up and it would carry over to your next ball. (sighs) Ah, Right? Interesting. Yeah. So that's. So those are the type of nuances that I am I have I understand the gems enough to where I am now trying to work on those nuances. But what's you know so it yeah so that's interesting. Um, I a lot of times I'll put reality on the drop targets because it makes your drop targets easier. I believe you just have to knock down two opposed to three to collect whatever yep. the grid is. I don't completely understand the grid as far as how. You, because there is a, there's a like computer grid or there's a, there's, I think there's a multi-ball tied to
0: the grid, right? So similar. There to, is. If you just complete enough tic-tac-toes, it's like computer mania. Computer mania. And I
1: do not understand that. And I do not understand, like, can you actually collect everything like can you collect all the lamps like can you complete the grid like make it a solid grid or does it always it always resets between as soon as you get a
0: tic-tac-toe it clears it um so yeah
1: i'm not sure about that i I don't think i've gotten very close to like the computer grid multi-ball but um in general i've yeah as far as the gems go like i feel pretty dialed into what you're supposed to do i put up scores of like three to four hundred million pretty regularly. I've been getting to Black Order Multi Ball, um, which is like the second mini Wizard mode. That that Wizard mode, I don't understand. I I I do understand it, but I just the thing I've the thing about Avengers for me is that I found like when I'm in single like it's really fascinating to me because when you're in single ball play, obviously there's risk involved with when you're playing these modes because you're in single ball play. But as soon as you add a second ball to that play field, it makes all these like very makeable, like great flowing game. It turns it into such a flail fest for me. And so, you know, it's kind of like you get your portal locks and you get your multiplier. Yeah, that's great. But once I start playing like any of those modes with three balls in play, all of a sudden I'm like, well, I earn every. 3X or whatever I'm getting because this is just ratcheted up the the difficulty level of the game, um, which I think is great. Like, I think it's just really well done. I feel like, I don't know. There's some there's some games where it's just like if you've got balls in play, you're going to be getting points, and I just don't feel that. And then every once in a while, I feel like I have a connection and I can actually like do some flipper skills while in multi-ball. Um, but... Yeah, Avengers is pretty impressive. Now, I will say like I am having an issue with my game where my portal lock the disc, so I have the premium, the portal lock disc that raises up out of the playfield is it's not in plane with the playfield. So it's um I've seen some owners have issues where the level of the disc is not in line with the playfield, and there's ways to adjust that underneath the playfield. And there's also a fix that Stern has sent out that replaces these bushings that apparently are used for leveling somehow. I don't quite understand that, but mine is actually like... It's almost like one side of the, the top of the um, portal disc is lower than the other side but it actually carries it around so it's it's um yeah it's out of plane so i actually have a kit coming from stern today that's supposed to um fix that so we'll be interested it'll be interesting to see what i get in the mail today
0: oh nice well i hope that does fix that for you is you did you ever fix your subway issue
1: i have not fixed my subway issue um yeah so my issue so there are been multiple issues with the subway the most common one that i've seen is that there's actual the mechanism down there that like traps the balls it's kind of like these three i think it's three teeth that come up i haven't really delved into that too much but there's like three teeth come up and it traps the ball and it allows the ball to um um i don't know what's the i don't know the term but to basically like get set up to get kicked out of the um out of the scoop And original, I think the original lock mechs that they had down there, like they were binding, like, I don't know, I don't know why, like maybe it was riveted too tight, so that was jamming up. So mine has that, mine had that replaced. My issue is that when the ball goes into the subway, I end up getting multiple balls kicked out. So it's almost like a trough issue, like a classic WPC trough issue. And, I'll be playing and I'll I'll get a ball lock, you know, I will get a portal lock and then I will plunge a ball and I will I'll do something and I'll just release that ball. So I don't know, I don't know what is causing that. So I just I basically like just turn that off and so the ball when the ball goes in into the subway, it just plays through. Um which is kind of a bummer like it's it's like well that seems I've heard people talk about turning that ball trough off because they just they like the speed of the game, but I just want my game to work a hundred percent. So it's kind of annoying. But at the same time, like I, I don't want to start digging into it too much because I just I I want to play the game. But now that I'm having this this portal disc issue, now I've got to like, I've got to take that apart. So I think I'm going to go in and try to like figure out the trough issue. So hopefully, I get yeah, that. So all
0: I, I like the trough quite a bit. Uh, but I like it because it does give you that time to chill while you, uh, yeah. put a ball down there. Yeah, And I, it's, I also it's like, nice,
1: I want the ball to feed out of there. I mean, that's the other thing is like, when you want to, when I'm starting a multi-ball or I'm starting. So if I'm starting a mode, I want the ball to feed out of there, especially like if I have the Iron Man lock ready to go, like that's just like, boom, hit that, you know? Yep. So I'll, I'll get it figured it out. It was,
0: it was, it was interesting to me because I we had to turn the subway off for pen clash. Yeah. So that was the first time I'd really played it without one, and how much it alters like how you're locking the balls for portals and uh, how you're starting modes. Uh, it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, it definitely changes the gameplay. So really, once you do get that fixed, I think it will feel like a, a new game to you as well. So that's kind of nice. Now, have you had change it up? Well,
1: have you have you had any issues with your game? Yours is a premium, right?
0: It yeah. is. I had um, the only thing I had happen was my wire form. Uh, that feeds the right in lane broke the weld yeah, broke on seen it that. and stern sent me a replacement right. so yeah that uh, it, that was it. otherwise my you know knock on wood my my disk and my subway have actually worked the entire time. Um, I did do something really stupid and uh, accidentally install pro code on it at one point <laughs> and turns out if you do that the subway and the, the portal do not work at that point. In case you were wondering. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, weird. That's so weird Weird how that works. Yeah. Oh, man. But otherwise, no, I've been, that one's been really solid for me. Um, Maiden, I've basically had no issues on other than like I had the bad play field initially and they replaced that. On Jurassic Park, I had an interesting issue happen where uh, the truck somehow so the way that mechanism works is you shoot the captive ball right and it through, uh, what's the connectivity? Uh, I can't remember. Newton. The, Some sort the, of force. Newton. <laughs> the ball, the Newton jumps from side to side and moves the truck. Uh, somehow that shaft that the, the truck is on had gotten twisted or bent. What? So the little piece of metal that hits the optos under the play field to tell you where the truck's at. Well, when mine would spin one direction, it would actually hit both optos. Uh-huh. It was so misaligned. Yeah. And it was awarding like insane points in some of the modes where you need to be moving the truck back and oh, forth because it yeah. thought I was moving it back and forth incredibly like fast yeah. and a lot. So somebody was hitting like billion point shots. I think the high score of my Jurassic Park right now is like 16 billion. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah, that was an interesting one to track down. But, again, otherwise, uh, really solid. Um, you know, I've talked about it, I think, you know, briefly before. And, again, I've got a broken ramp right now. You've got a broken portal thing. and But Stern is taking care of us. And it's really hard to beat, like, the Stern pro pricing specifically for, for operators, especially when it comes to, like, a re- re- reliability stance. Like... My other than like your typical cleaning and changing rubber stuff, I mean, even going back as far as like my Metallica, um, I've had to replace one switch on, you know, like it's they're really, really easy to put on location and then not have to think about a lot outside of like the cleaning maintenance, which is kind of freaking nice. I won't lie. And
1: has Stern, I mean, does it seem like Stern has? been able to deal with the play field pulling issues
0: that they've had or is I mean I've I my Avengers, my Led Zeppelin, and so far my Mandalorian. All look good. All look good. Yeah. yeah. And I have inspected them um because it's something I want to keep my eye on. Because when I have had issues, Stern is taking care of it. But I wanna make sure that if there is an issue I'm able to notify them as soon as possible uh about it. So I, it does seem that I know with Jurassic park, they started removing the artwork around posts and that seemed to let the clear get better adhesion to the wood and some stuff like that. So, uh, I do think whatever it is that they seem to have discovered is working. I know I've sadly seen lots of photos of, uh, problems with the guns and roses play fields out there. Um, the one I had while I had it, it didn't have any problems. Uh, but you know it it's definitely something that exists and i know those people are especially those people who bought those collector's editions mm-hmm. are like really struggling to get them replaced and uh i feel bad for them uh, yeah. yeah so it's 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 one of those things
1: i've seen a lot of those for sale unopened
0: yeah i would be scared to open it if i was somebody i i get it uh I would not want to buy one unopened, I tell you that much, if I was gonna for some reason look into buying that game again, which I can promise you I never ever will.
1: <laughs> and, and and what was it that you just what was it about that game that you just did not like? I mean
0: I, I didn't have fun playing yeah. it. I mean, it was a such a combination of things, um, that I just I did but the bottom line was like I just did not have fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not not for me. Um, Jersey Jack, maybe Jersey Jack games aren't for me. I, I the only one I've ever had like a a good amount of fun while playing is Dialed In, hmm. and the rest are kind of like I don't know. Do you th- not not my thing? Do you think
1: that they're overly? Do you think that they're overly complicated? I I I mean I own a Wizard of Oz. And I love it. I mean, I think it's
0: an amazing game. Oh, I, I remember. We did a whole segment yeah. on yeah, yeah. episodes on your Wizard of Oz tutorials back in the um,
1: day. You know, I, I did have play field issues back then. I mean, so Jersey Jack has had play field issues for the their entire existence. Um, but, you know, it, it's a really complicated game. And I think that Jersey Jack has... They have, I mean, it's kind of like they are selling the Lexus of pinball machines as far as like bells and whistles. Like when I think of like what would be my, you know, my dream theme, like a Harry Potter or something like that, like I only see Jersey Jack making it because of their willingness to like throw the kitchen sink at it, right? But at the same time, I think going back to, you know, like the Twilight Zone, like maybe there's a sweet spot that they're just like they're going past where it's just it's too much. Like there's just too much stuff on the play field or there's just too many opportunities for things to go wrong. Now, I haven't heard of like I haven't heard of any like mechanical stuff going wrong with Guns and Roses. Uh, there was
0: some problems on the left ramp diverters okay. We're burning up coils and stuff. I mean, and that's. Like every game has its problems.
1: Every game has its problems. Um, I mean, we just talked yeah. about Stern. We just talked about the problems we were having with Stern Pinball.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, I to me, it's just, I, cause I really like Avengers, and you're not gonna try and tell me that's a simple game. But
1: it's a simple layout.
0: It's not, a, it's Avengers?
1: Uh, okay. Okay. It's not, it's not necessarily a simple layout, but when you look at Avengers, like,
0: I mean, it's a, it's a fan layout, but most games are. And
1: I, and I don't I don't mean simple. I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's almost like Jersey Jack games are overly comp Like, it's overly complicated. Like, I am like pirates. Like, there's some amazing stuff going on in that game, but it's just like it's overly complicated for me. Like, I've never really been able to get my head wrapped around the game. Now, I've only played it on location, and it shows, so I haven't, like camped on games that I I feel like I really know. But you know yeah. what I mean like I just feel like I don't know maybe like they're their the sweet spot that their games need to be at is just like they just haven't found it yet.
0: You know, I think that maybe but I mean at the same time their games are selling out and they're selling a ton of them so it's I, I if anything I'm the oddball in there. Um but I just think people are paying for uh fancy light shows and code that's so deep but they'll never see most of it like ever uh and again like to me the shots just don't feel good oh interesting like on guns and roses the shots like it was not fun to shoot okay for me okay like that i did not enjoy it i didn't think there was anything special on any of the shots on the game other than i kind of liked the little like inner inner orbit spinner shot was okay That one I'd hit and be like, oh, that felt good. But there wasn't that, there Uh, wasn't
1: that like satisfaction shot like like on on Avengers, like hitting the Marvel ramp, like especially like
0: the Marvel Marvel ramp. ramp Or the tower or the the gauntlet ramp from any of the flippers. Like you know what? Yeah. I
1: backhanded the Marvel ramp last night. Yeah, that's awesome. That was it was awesome. Like I was just like, I just I hit it. I backhanded it. And I it wasn't it was on the fly it wasn't necessarily intentional I think I was probably like trying to slap save or something like that and I was like I just made the Marvel ramp with a backhand yeah I mean it was it was incredible and then when you hit the um you hit the uh, Hawk Challenge ramp that feeds back like oh yeah it's like in especially like you bring the portal up uh, this is one of my favorite things like you bring the portal up before you want to bring it up so then you're like oh now I got to get a portal lock so I can at least be in a multi ball and then the ball feeds up to Iron Man. you get like a lock and then it drops and you're like, man, if I could hit that ramp to like get a combo, like, so I can get my portal lock and then you hit it. Yeah. It's, it's super satisfying. Um, and it's nice timing on that ramp too. Like it gives you some time. Like there's a, there's like a, Oh, it's
0: a little countdown light show thing. Yeah. yeah,
1: It's good stuff, man. Um,
0: yeah. And that's, I don't, I don't get that. Like, I think Dialed In and Willy Wonka both shoot really well for Jersey Jack. Yep. I don't think, like, I don't think Wizard of Oz is a good shooter personally. Like it's a packed game. That one's loaded with stuff, but I wouldn't say it's like a great shooter. No, it's not a
1: great shooter. It is a, yeah. I, it's a, I think theme integration is amazing. Um, yep. I, I give think, it that. Like, I think theme integration is one of the best. It's, it's one of the best. Yeah. Um, just in, in in play out in like play field design, like the way it's laid out with like the good versus evil sides. Um, you know, the upper play I think are really unique and do cool stuff. Like I, I don't know. I th- I just think that game's amazing. But I agree, like the shots are pretty limited. Like, um but it's it's still an amazing game. I still think Wizard of Oz. Yeah. I still think Wizard of Oz is the best Jersey Jack game they've made.
0: And I can't argue against you because I don't have a ton of experience on them. But again, this like t- different strokes for different folks. So I know there's people that are fanboys of different companies out there. Uh, it's just how it goes. So, but uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, look, um, we can wrap it up. But I do want to ask you um, what what title as an operator? Because one of the, one of the one of the things that was great about talking to Rachel, and I think just with the opening up, you know, post-pandemic is the idea that locations, I think locations are going to explode, right? Like it's just going, people want to go out, they want to be social, and pinball is just a really great social event because you go, especially you're playing a multiplayer game, you're playing a four-player game, you're going to sit around a bunch, and while you're doing that, you're hanging out with your friends, right? So, what company? I mean, because not even like, let's not even speculate on what the next titles are, but like, what company for you is the one to watch for making a game that's going to be like the next Adam's Family pinball machine?
0: I mean, if Stern gets Harry Potter through Kapow licensing, you think that's going to be the it's one? That's going to be it. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that is the most, there's literally a theme park. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, dedicated to that. Multiple locations. Uh, Yeah. And it's something that, I mean, you're pushing 50, right? Yeah. And you're familiar with and enjoy Harry Potter. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm mid thirties. I'm familiar with and enjoy Harry Potter. You're not mid thirties. Are you really? I'll be 36 next month, man. God bless. Yeah. I uh, could be your dad. You could be, I guess. Uh, you'd be a young one, but well, yeah. you're
1: in Indiana.
0: That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, and then I'm trying to think, like, like kids I see at high school, like, in my classroom are still reading Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. And I think the movies were so well done. It's not like, I was talking to someone recently about how, how big Game of Thrones was and then how quickly it disappeared from our society, partially because of how bad that last season was. Yeah, Harry Potter didn't end that way, ended on a pretty high note. So it's still looked upon favorably, as, even as it's come to a conclusion. And it's extended into the other movie franchise. I can't remember what it's called. The Creatures one, whatever it is. Yeah,
1: um, yeah.
0: You know what I'm talking yeah. about. Um, so it's just so widespread. It's so universally universally beloved that I think and I I genuinely think that if you got that licensing, I understand completely what you're talking about how that would fit so well within a Jersey Jack machine. Oh, yeah. And I get that. But personally, I'd rather see Stern do it because I think it will get delivered on much faster. And I, I would honestly be okay if Stern released it in like multiple parts like they literally made two separate harry potter games over a couple of years you know harry potter years one through four kind of like they did with the lego games yeah. uh, they made lego video games so they did like i think years one through four and five through seven something like that. oh man It because there is so much content that you could easily split it up and i think you would still sell you know i think locations would absolutely put both of those machines there because they'd be a couple years apart let's say you know something like that and uh You could even tell us that, look, we're doing years five through seven, but it'll be another three years and people would just be pumped.
1: Oh, people would be pumped. People would buy all three before they were. I mean, like if you could buy the LE, like if you could go. Oh, absolutely. You would buy everyone. You'd want
0: the same number. Um, And there are absolutely like Harry Potter collectors out there, Um, probably far more Harry Potter collectors than there are pinball collectors where that would be like the grail piece of their collection. Uh, And it would be something you could put in a bar or in a kid-friendly arcade, and either way, people are going to play it. Um, A friend of mine was just in Universal this week and was at Harry Potter World, and even, you know, just not even fully post-pandemic, whatever, but he said it was the most crowded place they've seen. It was packed. There's people that have... Death. He couldn't believe how many Death Eater tattoos he saw. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, Which made me laugh because I was like, "Yeah, they're the bad guys." How many Trump supporting T shirts have you seen? (laughs) Like, yeah, like there's people on both sides of everything, man. Harry Potter world. There's people that want to be the bad guy. So that's just how it goes. It goes.
1: Yeah, Uh, like I've I've never understood like how we started celebrating the bad people. I, you,
0: it's it's, is it Darth Vader? Darth Vader's fault. Darth Vader was cool in wrestling. Stone Cold Steve Austin was the bad guy, and he became the good guy. But nobody could
1: drink a beer like Like, that guy,
0: right? You can't. (laughs) But, I mean, that's essentially, like, one point they talked about, it was in the 90s, like, it's uh, obviously I'm a big pro wrestling fan, but they talked about there was a societal change in the 90s where, like, previously bad guys were always just bad guys. Like, they were the villains in comic books and movies, et cetera. You didn't like them. And then at some point in the mid-90s, being bad became cool. Like Hulk Hogan. So like uh, Hulk Hogan switched remember in the Remember when 90s. Hulk Hogan yeah. switched? Oh, I remember very he, well. But like, like, that was he it. D- Suddenly you could be you could be the bad guy, but you were cool for being the bad guy. And that was like Stone Cold Steve Austin, NWO and Hulk Hogan in the 96. Like it was just this big change in how society viewed the bad guys. Yeah. So the villains became cool villains. Um, that's just how it was. So I don't know how we took that little side path. But, I mean, you could do a Harry Potter. You could make limited editions for each house. The Gryffindor, the Ravenclaw. You would make so much
1: money. You would would freaking bank.
0: I know, supposedly, they paid a million dollars for the Beatles licensing, right, when they made those machines. I think it was the first million dollar pinball license. Like, if you told me that they paid five million for Harry Potter, I would think that was cheap and that they were going to make all their money back on day one. Yeah. Like, it would be is whatever. I know they, they have to look at it from a business risk analyst standpoint, etc. But I'm telling you, if you, whichever company, can somehow secure a Harry Potter license, that I think is the most economically sound pinball decision that company could possibly make. And on top of that, if it made it a good game... I mean, look at how well good games have done over time. Like Metallica sold for, what, five, six years, seven years they were running that game? Like they'd do another run here and there. Uh, ACDC sold for years. Tron did at least four different runs. Um, When you make a good game, it will continue to sell because people don't want to let it out of their collection, and then their friends come and play it, and then their friends want to add it to their collection, and they need to find a place to buy
1: one. I just don't want J.K. Rowling to get any money. That's I think
0: that's my it's, that's that's I, the one I thing I'm torn with. Break this to you, Taylor. She's she's already got all the money. No, light. I know, but light. she's like
1: such a transphobic piece of crap that like I just not I've just I don't know. That I I, I get that's it. that's the one thing. I mean, that's the one thing. I think the stories are amazing. I think that it's like we've talked about it transcends generations and every podcast talks about how Harry Potter would be the dream theme money making pinball machine that everybody wants to see you know yes
0: i'm not saying it's like a dream theme for me but i do enjoy harry potter and it would be cool yeah but like money wise i think operating wise it would be a top earner it would be a yeah and i i don't see how whatever company makes those doesn't just sell a, a shit ton right so
1: as an operator your dream theme would be harry potter you think right I, yeah sure
0: i mean no i'd rather have james bond uh, as an operator, but, as an operator well, who, just, like,
1: wants to, like... It's all about the coin drop. It's all about the card yeah, swipe, I, right? Yeah, but I just...
0: I'm still not all about the coin drop. Like, what? I sold Star Wars by Stern when it was my top earner because I couldn't fucking stand the okay, game. Okay, but, Tommy, we I all... I sold we, guns you and You also wear
1: flip-flops like, that have, like, little, like, coin purses the on fanny them. fanny packs, man. Yeah. Fanny pack slides. Fanny
0: pack yeah. slides. Um, all right, <laughs> look, so... <laughs> I, just, I, just, I have not been able to completely separate my brain from the whole collector, restorer, uh person who just loves pinball yeah. as, and an operator. Like yeah, no, I I'm operating you. a Dolly Parton right now. Like it's a great game. I love Dolly Parton. Yeah. yeah, it is. But if I were to stick like a star Wars pro next, you would that, make more money. And a casual person walks in, which one are they playing? You know, and they're, gonna play Star Wars and they're gonna pay a dollar for that versus a quarter for Dolly Parton but i rather have Dolly Parton on my location because it's Dolly Parton and I like it And do- so I'm very fortunate to be in a situation where my location, the owners of the bar do not care what I put there as long as I maintain them and I do a good job of that, I gotta, I'm leaving the lake today to go back early before the league because I gotta fix a sticky flipper on Congo and a coil that's not shooting on Dale Jr so like, you know I got things I got to go fix, but I'm fortunate that I'm operating as purely a hobby. Uh, it, not saying it doesn't bring in a little bit of money, but not nearly as much as I spend on doing yep. it. And uh, because of that, I'm going to operate things I enjoy.
1: That's nice. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome, man.
0: Oh, on yep. that note, uh, oh. before we totally call it quits, I did uh, sign back up for pin quest. Oh yeah. I saw that. So if you haven't, done pin quest go and download the app it's out there on the apple app store and on the android store um it'll let you search for yourself by location and it'll tell you like the nearest locations that are offering pin quest which are essentially scoring challenges and at my location um it's gone really well so far this month since we added it back in uh i'm trying to pull up my actual location there it is uh i've got four different quests running right now and i've got basically i started doing like a a low level, mid level, and a high level quest. So I call them rookie, pro, and all star. And then we didn't even address it, but I picked up a machine for our good friend David Yap, who we met via the podcast yeah. and have stayed in close contact with. And I talked to you pretty regularly. Yop, but he's been looking for a medieval madness for like months. What? And one popped up in indie. Um, so this was Monday. Monday, I left my house at roughly 7 a.m. to drive to Chicago to pick up a $300 project game that I was just getting for parts. And as I'm driving, I look at Facebook and I see that there's Medieval Madness in Indianapolis that popped up for a good price. So I immediately called David to wake him up and be like, <laughs> hey, I think I found what you're looking for. Uh, I know the guy who is selling it. Uh, you know, He's got an okay reputation. Him and I don't get along the greatest, but if you want the game, man, like, make the deal and I can get it for you. <laughs> So anyway, I'm still driving to Chicago. He calls back and he's like, we made a deal. I paid for it. When can you get it? You strapped it on the and hood of like, your car. <laughs> no, these are a complete opposite direction. Okay. So I was, I was going up to like past Chicago, like almost all the way out by pinball life, like Hoffman estates area. Yeah. So I drive six hours there. Well, there and back is about six, six and a half hour drive, Maniac. maybe seven with a stop for gas, whatever. But, uh, get back. I unload this project game I got and I immediately get back in the car And I drive to Indianapolis and pick up uh, Medieval Madness for him. Come back. I don't have any more room in my storage unit, so I'm putting it in the bar for two weeks until he can come get it. So anyway, because of that, we have a Hall of Fame limited edition quest this Uh. month because uh, Medieval Madness is only going to be there for two weeks. And that's also on the site. And then the cool thing now is like you get Wizard Points, which is like a ranking system within PinQuest. So, they have ranking charts like by state, by location, and by uh, overall, like around the world, which is kind of cool. And then you can also award your players what they call Quest Bucks, which is like a virtual currency yep. that they can use to purchase things that is set up on a store. And I set up the store literally just as of yesterday. So, if you go to silverballswag.com, there's now a North End Pub swag shop where you can actually buy some stuff that has North End Pub's logo on there. And I also threw in the This Flippin' Podcast logo as well. So if anybody, for whatever reason, wants to go and purchase anything with our merchandise, there's like t-shirts, three-quarter sleeve t-shirts, a hat, and a sweatshirt that are all for sale on there. Um, or you can just come play pinball at North End Pub and earn Quest Bucks and use those Quest Bucks to make purchases via the app. Look at that. So basically, you can like get merch and stuff so you took over the you took over all the merch you're
1: like merch man now uh
0: no you're definitely still merch man these are uh whatever they are (laughs) but i just the guy was like i need logos for your stuff and the only logos i have files for are north end pub and and us so i'm gonna work on getting some like actual designs done by some artists for north end oh cool man but i wanted to at least have something on the app so players could see what they could be Potentially purchasing with their quest. That's bucks. very cool. Do um, you? Um, but anyway, yeah, people are using it and it's it's going well. So any operators who are listening out there, um, check out PinQuest. I think it's it's working quite well. I will say the coin drop on all the machines that I had quests on was up slightly over the previous collection. So uh, I think it's effective for that. And it's been kind of cool getting messages from players being like, God, I was so close on Congo. I needed like another 50 million. And I'm like, well, play it again then, man. So that's been cool. And it also has some cool uh, user friendly things for operators. Like players can report machine malfunctions via the app and it actually sends you like a notice. So, like, I got a notice since I've been at the lake that the left flipper on Congo is sticking sometimes.
1: Is there? So a,
0: that's when I know I got to look is at. Is there a
1: cost associated with that? if you're an operator there is,
0: there is a monthly subscription free okay. fee as an operator okay. um but i know that they were running a special right now so it's really cheap for the first couple of months so you can kind of test it out uh not quite free but damn near free uh for the next couple months and then after that it goes up a little bit but uh it's it's not real expensive so i am downlo- it's worth checking downloading downloading
1: it now and this is yeah. um Okay, yeah, I'm downloading it now, so I will check it out.
0: And Yeah, so I don't know. It basically depends on if any operators are in your area using it. Um, but speaking with, like, the creator of PinQuest, uh, he is, he is just, like, we're very similar, like, same age, same thing. Hobbyist operators, we got into it. He just happens to develop apps as a living, and he thought this would be a good idea. But it is mostly designed, it's not designed for, like, your pins mechanical chain locations type stuff this is for it's largely it's based on what he thinks is helping him the most as a hobbyist operator yeah. people that have one or two locations and are regularly around your customer base and your machines and it kind of gives them a way to do stuff and the nice thing about it is they set up those the online shops via Silverball swag so even your players who maybe aren't super into like the pin quest aspect of it then still have access to purchase uh your stuff uh just to, to buy it if they want to represent your location or whatever so all right it's out there i just want to make sure i mentioned that because it's been uh it's been cool getting the notices that like as the operator i get notices whenever somebody submits their results and things like that Yeah, that's
1: cool so um i enjoy it yeah i don't see any i don't see any operators uh, near me that have it, but you know we'll see
0: get on get on Dan's case. I, I will he'll, uh, uh, he'll like it. yeah
1: center at the Universe Brewery if you are in the Richmond area and you're looking for a great great location um I, I we need to get him on and just talk to him sometime. I will you know what I would love to have Dan on to talk pinball yeah. he is a he is a obsessed dedicated pinhead who has gone completely out of his mind. <laughs> he's just like yeah, he's he's oh uh, yeah, he's got a lot going on. Um but yeah, his his locations, Center of the Universe Brewing, um they they I think they're in Ashland. I think their are official addresses, but they they just opened up like recently um since the pandemic, you know, our our restrictions were lifted not too long ago, and I think he's looking forward to like hosting um some events and stuff like that. So I will plug him when I can. Um, he's a good friend of mine, but he, the guy is like, he is dedicated to making sure that his games play great. And
0: yeah, he's yeah, uh that's, yeah. That tends to be the whole uh, advantage with hobbyist operators. Is I think we take a lot more pride and care in when our games don't work. Yeah. Like I love being up here in Michigan for the summer. Don't get me wrong. I'm really enjoying myself. But, uh, at the same time, like when I get the notices that something's broken and I'm not there to go fix it immediately, I feel bad. So that's why I'm heading back a few hours early today to make sure everything's ready to go for league tonight.
1: Well, look, I'm not going to keep you any longer so you can enjoy the lake while you were there. Um, and, um, yeah, it was good talking to you and we'll talk soon and hopefully I will have played Mandalorian and fix my Avengers and have other things to talk about. And maybe we will, um. Yeah, maybe we'll reach out to some more friends of ours and we'll do some um, more interviews because, yeah, it it would be nice to get more people on the show and to find out what other people are doing,
0: especially now that we are coming out of the pandemic. At least... I do think it's... Yep. I think it's funny because, like, in your world, you're just coming out of the pandemic. But in my world, like, our location's been open a full... Y- over a year again. Oh, yeah. And I've been working, like, two jobs the entire time. I know. So I know, yeah. I know, I know the world. It's just been different for everyone. It was interesting listening to that on the, the episode you did with Rachel, where I'm just like, yeah, my world didn't change a whole yeah. lot. Like there was uh, masks and sanitizer all over the place. But yeah, like, I was still working like 80 hours a week. most times. Well, that's the thing. Like,
1: like Dan's location, like they just opened within the this last month, like where they were allowed yeah. to turn on machines. So, I mean, and, and I think that's the thing. Like, if any operators want to reach out to Tommy or myself, I mean, because we do know a lot of people. We know a lot of small-time operators um, or anybody. And, what, I mean, I think that's one of the things that's interesting. It's I'm just interested to hear about what people experience, but also, like, what people are looking forward to, you know? Like, because regardless if it's, it's been different for you and I, the fact that at least in the United States, now that we are opening up, like IFPA is coming back. Like there's actually a new sanctioning body. Yeah,
0: that's what I was going to say, and we didn't even get to that, but we'll we'll talk about that on the we'll next one. We'll talk about that IFPA. on the next one. Um,
1: well, Tommy, it was great talking to you, man. Safe travels. If you come across a uh, Walking Dead pro, um, think about me. I'll talk to you about that. And... uh, uh and yeah, man, take care. And yeah, we'll talk soon. All right, later, buddy. Later. Bye. All right, everybody in the
0: car. Right? Get the kids out. We're going to get some hot dogs. Uh, some
1: uh, beer. Uh, go to the park over by play air. React to reactor. Anytime you want know, to say. Yeah, I got some, some a hot nice dog. steak. Uh, got sure out the little hibachi. The kill
0: make sure you bring a
1: light like,
0: Just the radio, Uh, sit back, relax, have a nice smile.
1: The hot dogs. Oh, wow, man. Like, makes me think of karma.